Welcome to Machine Learning on the Road. Today I'll be talking about um, machine learning and drones, deep AI, uh, facial recognition, and uh, uh, automated control. So um, one of the great inventions of our day has been uh, the global positioning satellite. Uh, these are devices made possible through satellite technology, and um, there's probably very few parts of the world that are not accessible to the GPS system. And so, um, you know, we look at uh, the decreasing cost for sensor devices, and I was uh, reading a book called The uh, um, Ninja Economy and uh, by Shapiro. And it's really quite interesting how he talked about uh, the decrease in the cost of items. So, uh, the, you know, probably at the time that the GPS was invented to, in order to have access to the satellite and uh, communicate with it, the cost was probably, you know, around five or six hundred dollars. And today is probably less than 34 cents. Um, you, if you look at Qualcomm's modems, they're still very expensive, but they're very small. They're just little chips that about one inch by one inch that fit inside of the um, container. And uh, it's interesting because the modem itself could be actually probably the size of a matchbox, but due to marketing and different things of, uh, related to perception, uh, they're 20 to 30 times larger than the container size is required. So the technology itself is very small. Uh, you have carrier cards, SIM cards that can slide right into uh, docking on your device and making it uh, uh, 4G and soon 5G accessible. So. Uh, he was saying that the for just self-driving cars, the expected data flow will be about 49 exabytes or 1 million uh, terabytes per exabyte, so 49 times that. So the amount of data that's flowing over these 5G networks is going to be phenomenal. It's going to transform the way uh, our capabilities are. You know, he's talking about uh, streaming in virtual reality with the large amount of data being calculated up in the cloud and being brought down into the consumer homes and uh, augmented reality and, and things like that, kind of a future uh, peek into what's uh, how our world's going to be changing digitally. So a lot of things that we see right now will be uh, uh, different in the future as we start augmenting it with the digital realities. So going back to GPS, you know, the GPS now is uh, extremely cheap. It's in all devices. You can get uh, your location. gives you your longitude and latitude. It's kind of fun. Yesterday I was talking to my grandkids, and I was asking them. They were studying latitude and longitude, and they and I asked what, what it uh, meant. And, uh, they, they, they knew that any point on the Earth had a coordinate system. It had a, a, a longitude that ran from 
um, uh, let's see, north to south and the latitude that was running from east to west. Hope I didn't get that mixed up because they were uh, trying to get that one straight in their mind. Uh, and then you know, it has a labeling, and that labeling then is a coordinate system, and within a relatively uh, short amount of radius distance uh, away from that point would give you location. So you can fine-tune that, get it down to within a few feet, um, and or you can have a general, which uh, is a, within a larger radius. But the accuracy is still fairly good, very good, and very reliable, enough to, to be able to drive cars with. So the idea of drones uh, using for delivery is quite fascinating. I started thinking about the, how reliable the drones are. Uh, you know, you have a small drone you can, when we first, when they first were coming out, were, were fairly expensive. I remember a co-worker had a drone. It was kind of like the new dot-com thing to have. Uh, I got it for Christmas and it, uh, it was, it could move uh, in three-dimensional space very effectively. It could fly a straight line. It could move really, really fast. Um, and he was able to control the drone through remote controls. He could record what he was seeing through his uh, uh, iPhone. And uh, and it had the ability to self-land or uh, return to its docking station when the, the uh, charge was bad. So self-land in case of uh, malfunction or Detected or command manual command from the operator to self-land, uh, or if there was some sort of malfunction, it could self-land. So it had these different routines that it could follow, and so you know you look at the um, the success Amazon's having. Uh, you know, Shaparo said that uh, that they were putting uh, uh, drones at, Bezos was putting drones in Europe to test because of. Uh, favor, favorable uh, regulatory conditions in Europe there, that uh, was allowing for the operation of drone uh, in, in certain spaces. And so, you know, to operate a drone for certain areas, you know, you have uh, drone-free zones and then, you know, you have these areas that uh, you could... Uh, uh, fly the, the drones to deliver products. So an interesting question, uh, you know, we look. He was talking about air flight and uh, uh, how the first air collision uh, occurred, and then that resulted in the Federal Aviation uh, Agency, where they they set up uh, flight controllers and and they coordinated uh, flight plans. So that the chances of a mid-air collision were reduced, and uh, and so uh, it seems to me the ones that I know they could have been like you know small commercial plane collision with a larger one or something like that get off course, and, or but uh, the mid-air collisions are uh, less likely because of automatic uh, obstacle. Avoidance, and so if another plane was flying towards you and it got within a certain trajectory, and the radar on the plane uh, detected that a, uh, that the 
other plane was getting too close, then it would uh, attempt to avoid or, or move out of the path of, the, of that oncoming plane. So the same technology could be applied to drones where a drone, uh, let's say you have a delivery package, it can deliver up to 100 pounds of uh, product. It has a cable and uh, it picks up the box and um, flies to its destination using GPS. So it has somewhat autonomous, you know, you don't have a remote control operator there. It's uh, running a control workflow uh, through an automated uh, uh, software. And the automated software uh, is making decisions while the drone is flying. Uh, things like maybe there's some birds that it's detected through its image recognition that are in its flight and it slows down so it doesn't run into a bird while it's in flight. Um, or there's a power line. It doesn't fly into the power lines or um, it, it uh, doesn't fly into the branches of trees. So there is a certain height that the drone would operate and it flies. And if um, there's a detected energy malfunction in the battery, if the battery's malfunctioning, um, perhaps it has a parachute that can deploy and uh, fall safely to the ground and then send out a alert that, um, that it needs to be recovered. So uh, safety for the drone seems to be good. You know, we have little parachute um, flyers where they have an engine and a prop plane and uh, it, a single passenger, and it can fly over uh, using a parachute. You could also have something similar to that where it deploys a, a, a lightweight nylon parachute and falls safely to the ground. So the don't you don't want to fear having drones that are flying through the air and then malfunctioning and dropping, you know, heavy objects onto your car or your house. Uh, but, you know, those type of things do happen uh, and probably will happen, but, the, you know, the insurances will cover for the damages, and that won't mitigate the opportunity of using drones for delivery. Um, you know, you could have... 20 drones working continuously all day delivering packages and displace uh, two, two workers driving a truck around delivering uh, freight. So you could have special drop-off points. Uh, it could have signals that, uh, you know, open up areas uh, of the building and then it could, it could actually deliver the package inside the building. Uh, if it was commercial at the door, uh, you could have a drone robotic extension ring the doorbell. Uh, so a little arm extends off the drone, it rings the doorbell, and then flies away. So, you know, having to have a signature that acknowledges the, the customer received the package uh, is probably not necessary anymore. The drone could take a picture. Uh, record the GPS location, store the transaction in the cloud, and um, and then if there was a dispute, someone came and said, you know, hey, I never received my package. Perhaps someone else 
uh, seeing the drone deliver the package, stole it. Um, uh, there, there could be video proof that the the drone did deliver the package, and so at that point, their uh, responsibility or liability was is uh, now now qualified. So, drones seem to be the way of the future. Their their batteries uh, are going to keep it quieter. Uh, electric seems to be the preferred way for delivery, so they they will have a you know they can automatically recharge when their their batteries are depleted, or you know it's possible with the use of robotics that um, a robot uh, it lands on a, a, a battery bay and the robot exchanges out a recharged battery for a depleted battery, and so. Uh, robot technology combined with drone technology will uh, provide several advantages. Uh, you know, the the also in the area for drone technology uh, for other usages is for emergency. So, uh, drones searching areas in a systematic way for survivors or of a crash or are looking for people who are lost in the wilderness um, could be very effective. They could use infrared to detect heat signature. Um, they could systematically scan an area uh, much quicker than human beings walking on the ground to cover the area. And, uh, and they could also be using uh, a combination of image recognition, infrared, and uh, other technologies, uh, you could be coordinating with uh, in a cluster on the network, and the drones could be communicating uh, their known location and trajectories that, that they covered with other drones so that there isn't a duplication of the coverage. And they could be transmitting all this information up into uh, data lakes on the, on the cloud for uh, to create visual maps of the terrain that they have covered. I've thought about, you know, that it, the drone could act a lot like the way robots that are scanning the ocean's terrain and uh, recording the topology of the ocean floor do today. You know, they, they, there's so much of the ocean that's unexplored and, uh, you know, the digital recording of the the topography of the ocean floor is being done by robots, and um, so you can see that the same type of, of information can be gathered uh, by robots that are drones that are scanning terrain looking for uh, survivors. Uh, now the question is whether it's cost effective. You know, look at how much, how how quickly could a series of 100 drones or 20 drones cover, you know, 100 square miles, you know, is it uh, even possible for a drone to be able to cover 100 square miles? Um, and so, you know, the, the, you still have the same problem as you would with uh, with the package delivery, is that they're going to deplete their batteries, they're going to have to return back to base, batteries are going to have to be switched out, they're going to have to resume their uh, known location where they were 
previously scanning and resume the scanning uh, and then uh, look for available other areas to scan for survivors. So, you know, it might have been, there might be a skiing accident, there might be a hiking accident. Uh, you know, maybe drones are watching tourists and, uh, and uh, you know, is taking a proactive view if someone's hurt, you know, they can send up a, a, some sort of signal that a drone would be able to fly over and see if that person needed any help. Um, you know, you can also use drones to do things like check for permits and hunting permits and fishing permits and things like that, you know, where you have some sort of vocal uh, interaction between the person and the drone. And, uh, you know, they could scan the cards and make sure that they're authentic licensing. So uh, that would save having to go out and walk around. You could have drones flying around. And uh, they could do uh, facial recognition and recognize uh, that it's a human being. And then they could ask it, the person to, you know, show them their license. And then it could remember that that person has shown them the license so that they don't come back again and say, please, please show me your license. So I think the world of facial recognition and drone technology will be increasingly popular. So then the, the question becomes, you know, how will uh, transportation be tra changed by drones? And uh, when you think about how the world is moving to big cities. Um, I would say big cities are a modern invention, probably as modern as the corporation and, you know, the corporate god and then you think about the, the city god. Those two uh, innovations will drive people to migrate towards the city and to work in large corporations to survive. So in the era of city living, the problem has been uh, parking for their cars. So, you know, cars are being stacked uh, on racks and, and uh, through robots are, are moved up onto these large racks for storage and so that they're efficiently storing cars in three-dimensional space using the robot uh, platforms to deliver uh, the car back based on uh, the medication codes. But when you think about, you know, the popularity of Uber and Lyft, where they are, uh, people are share ride-sharing, um, it, it, uh, uh, reducing the number of cars on the road as people are sharing rides or are, are using more on-demand uh, transportation, um, it's very possible that the invention of the quadcopter could um, facilitate transportation. So imagine you you want you're ready for work, uh, you punch in the code, and then your quadcopter arrives within five minutes. Let's say it's five minutes to the point of pickup in the city. Um, you walk out to the curb. You uh, there's a uh, circular pod uh, that you can sit in, 
perhaps it's a glass pod that you can fly around in. Maybe it's not a maybe it's a enclosed structure, so people you know the, where you have transparent aluminum, it, it uh, darkens up, so it's a, it looks like a black pod on the outside, but you can see you know the world around you, and the quadcopter flies you to your destination to your work. And it kind of reminds me of my book, uh, uh, Henry Parker, and uh, have a character in there. He's a robot, a combat robot. And his name is Sergeant Garcia. And, and uh, Sergeant Garcia's method of transportation uh, in uh, hostile uh, environments is a, ba- a, a, a battery-powered quadcopter with a bar that he can hang on that he can carry on his back. So he can easily carry the quadcopter to the location. Its uh, electric motors are powerful enough to be able to lift the 500-pound combat robot off the ground and fly to safe locations. Um, so the, uh, the idea of transportation by uh, coordinated autonomous flying vehicles using uh, automated workflow will be very popular. And uh, over the weekend, I was listening to a presentation by a software company called Spacey, S P A C E C Y, where they're combining uh, neural nets with um, data rules. And I thought that was that's perfect because. Uh, you know, with the invention of the convolution neural net and edge detection, you know, you could feed that those edges in quickly into the CNN and, and get a um, some confidence threshold of uh, an object recognition uh, based on a label. So these labeling are very important to be able to match to uh, um, um, to to objects and. Uh, and so, when combine, combining uh, the object recognition with the data rules, uh, they're applying the spacey in industries. Uh, so I'm not quite certain uh, how it's been applied. I'll have to do some more research and share that on another blog. But it it. Uh, uh, they, the author or the inventor of the the product, they said that she they they start off as a two person team and they built the software and the models and then they deployed it out as open source uh, for the community. It was accepted and widely used, and then they started applying it into industries and just selling the software commercially uh, without any support, so they just take it out of the box, plug it in, use it. And um, I really like that approach. I think that, you know, it reduced the cost down for them. They were able to get a product that they could make money off of, and uh, and they, they have uh, used that money to hire developers to build additional features, which they will now start marketing. But I think it, it is really interesting the idea of that could you build a air taxi using the spacey uh, data rules 
and business roles, GPS, and uh, object recognition in this complex software package capable of delivering a human being. Knowing that if that human being were injured in any way, there would be a liability associated uh, with that injury. So, uh, you know, could uh, companies build a business model where they reduce the amount of risk and uh, be able to conform to the regulations and provide a service that uh, is cheap enough that people would could afford and use. So if the answer is yes, all those things are possible, then uh, we would see more air transportation where quadcopters could deliver people to work in a few minutes versus maybe, you know, you hit rush hour and... Uh, so then the question would be, let's say if you, you know you had a hundred pods delivering people to work, uh, you know you'd have, you know, would you have traffic jams in the air? And the answer is, yeah, you're probably going to have traffic jams because you still have the problem of uh, the obstacle of volume. But if all the objects are moving at the same pace and they're moving off and then slowing down. Uh, then, then the obstacle would be uh, the boarding and uh, uh, merging of the objects or the quadcopters back into the air traffic lanes, and then uh, you would have the exiting where uh, pods were exiting out of the air traffic and and stopping at their destination. So, you know, there's going to be a uh, platforms for delivery and for uh, pickup. And so again, the same problems that you would have for package delivery or, or in some cases I imagine if you could deliver a package, why can't you pick it up? Um, so the, these kind of issues I think will be faced in the 20th century, uh, 21st century, and the usage of quadcopters Will definitely uh, be a part of that um, future. <laughs>